Welcome to Being at Work. I'm your host, Andrea Butcher, and I am jazzed about today's show. It's one of those conversations in which you can feel the connectedness and the passion. When I initially asked our guest about a pivotal moment in her career that taught her a lot about her leadership, she said, I didn't plan it out this way, but it's unfolded perfectly. Allison Bell is the Regional Vice President and Indiana Chancellor for Western Governors University. Her span of influence is broad and wide, but what you really need to know about Allison is how she got to where she is today, all of the serendipities involved and the risks she took. She says, where I've learned the most about myself is when I've been willing to take a risk. My biggest takeaway, do your work and the opportunities will be there. Check it out. I grew up here in Indiana um, and on Ball State University's campus. Back in the day, my dad was a professor there and I, my school was on that campus. My aftercare was on that campus. And through that experience, I fell in love with higher ed kind of unknowingly, you know, it just became familiar and like home. And as I grew into adulthood, I found a passion for, I wanted to help people. You know, I hear a lot of people saying that I just want to help people. Um, And I explored a lot of different ways to do that. But ultimately, my upbringing on a college campus, my love for higher ed and my desire to help people all came together in this journey, um, working in various roles, mostly in higher education. Yeah. Isn't it interesting when you look back and you see all the connections that really helped to get you to where you are? It is. How it unfolds is is really, it it feels maybe a little bit like chaos at the time, but (laughs) it starts to fit together when you look back at it. It does. It starts to fit together, which gives me a lot of faith in the future. You know, it's like, okay, if everything to this point has fit together, I suspect it will continue to play out that way. I fall back on that knowing quite often. Okay, so you are currently the regional vice president and Indiana chancellor for Western Governors University. You said that you this love of higher ed developed early for you, but your path into higher ed is an interesting one. So tell us about that. So um, after a little time, you know, exploring, working at a Family Services of Delaware County, a crisis hotline right out of undergrad, I found my way into a a graduate program, uh, higher education and student affairs at Ball State with the, ultimately what I wanted to do was work in student facing roles, helping them determine their career paths and their academic majors. And so that's what I did starting out. And it was so fulfilling. And it just kind of one job opportunity led to another where ultimately I was working in career development at IUPUI in the early 2000s, did that for several years. And then we started having a family. I had my third child and it became clear that I needed to find a different way to make a living where I could also do a better job of taking care of the family needs. And I became a corporate career coach for a few years for Right Management, which was a manpower agency that helped people. I was a consultant, a career coach who helped people who were actually, this was right around the time of the the recession in 2008, 2009. And a lot of people were losing their jobs. And um, our role as career coaches for for right management was to help people in that transition. So I did one-on-one coaching. I did workshops all from my home part-time and was able to take care of my family that way too. Well, things started to wrap up. It became clear I needed to move on to my next 
opportunity around 2010. And so I was just, you know, exploring the job market at the time. And I, higher ed was really the place I wanted to get back to higher ed. That was where my, my heart was. And I had a friend who was using me as a reference and he found a a job opportunity for this place called Western Governors University. And I had never heard of it. And it was an ad in Craigslist. (laughs) So you were like, what in the world is this? So, and I knew from my own work in career coaching that the different parts of the country searched for employees different ways at the time. And so while in the Midwest, we kind of didn't trust Craigslist, I knew that out on the West Coast, they used that a lot and it was more of a valid way. So I was like, okay, maybe it's not so crazy that this place based out of Utah is working on Craigslist. So that was one thing that I checked off my list. But they were looking for, um, at the time, they called them student mentors. So someone to do sort of, you know, help students through their student journey. It's kind of like a combination between an academic advisor and a and like a life coach or a success coach. So I looked at that job description and I told my friend, Chris, I will absolutely be your reference, but I'm also going to compete with you for this job. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it feels like up to that point, a really good next step, given all the other things you've done. Right. I mean, here I had been working from home, coaching people one-on-one. So that part I was comfortable with. This this role would have me do that, but then also work with adult students, which I had started doing at IUPY. It was an amazing kind of serendipitous blend. And I was like, this makes sense. So both Chris and I applied and fortunately they were hiring a number of people. <laughs> so he still works for WGU too. Oh, wow. What a story. Yeah. Yeah. So I interviewed for that role. And when they offered me the job, they actually said, you know, we'd like to, we, you know, if you'd like this student mentor position, we're offering you that job, but we'd like you to consider this other position. It's a new role. Um, and it would be, you know, sort of managing the onboarding experience for other people that were hiring in Indiana, you know, we're staffing up in Indiana. Would you consider this role? It was general manager of operations. And I said, you know, that sounds really interesting, and but I'd like to see a job description. And he said, we don't have one. Like, well, sounds like the perfect job for me then. So I took it. <laughs> so that's what led me to WGU. So here's this online university you've never, you'd never heard of. There was something intriguing about the job. Now you've been offered a different job there for a role that didn't exist. So a, a lot of new, a lot of being able to create. It is, is that, is it, cause that's something that's appealing to you just naturally? Is that part of your style? It really is. I do. I love the new, I'm, I'm creative in my own way. I'm, I'm a big idea person and that had already started to unfold for me in my career leading up to that point where at each job that I'd had um, was either heading up the launch of a new programmer service or being a part of a launch of something new. Um, and, and it felt comfortable for me and I'm, and I was naturally drawn to it. So I, I trusted that, that instinct of mine, cause it had worked for me up to that point. So you saw the risk, but were just willing to step into it. Cause there were lots of other, there were lots of other good things around that. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. And it lined up with a lot of my values and the, and the things that I knew that I was interested in doing. Well, and it was also, you, you were launching WGU Indiana. So I imagine also being a part of the start of something was really exciting. Yes. I will tell you in all honesty that I didn't know about WGU Indiana until I had already accepted the job. <laughs> so oh, really? I, yeah. So I knew that I knew that WGU 
it was, we were the first state, what we call a state affiliate for WGU Indiana. So it didn't exist. We made that up. Uh, we made up what that meant once it launched. But as I was interviewing, they were talking about hiring a lot of people in Indiana and a focus in Indiana. But I wasn't fully, I wasn't fully aware that that this was like an actual state affiliate that was going to have a local chancellor. I didn't understand that until I showed up to the first event that they invited us to. And, and there were all these pennants on our desk that said WGU Indiana. And, you know, the president of the university was there and the chancellor. And yeah, so. <laughs> so I've got this little sign hanging in my living room that says, follow your bliss. And you did that. And it, so this is such a great example of following your bliss because look at where it led you. I mean, there was so much unknown in this situation, but it all unfolded so well. Yes, exactly. So yeah, it did. There was a lot of unknown, but there was enough known to me, both in just through the interview process and researching what WGU was. So knowing what the mission of WGU was lined up with um, my value, it's changing lives for the better by creating pathways to opportunity. And that just made sense for me. It aligned with my why. So I knew enough about, I knew myself well enough. And that's, it was, I knew enough, as much as I could about WGU at the time, even though there was a lot still for me to learn. But what more than that was that I knew myself and I trusted that. Okay, so we got to stop here because this is such an important leadership lesson. So think about it. You've got this background in career development and career coaching. So no doubt, part of what you're learning through all of that too is like really the opportunities that people should step into and following your natural strengths and your natural gifting because I've heard you, Allison, talk about that so often in your work as a career coach, you know, people wanted an answer or a test to tell them what to do. But you, you just followed. You, you followed the work that you were doing and the things that you really loved and gravitated to. That's right. And I, I understand that desire to that people seek that answer, that kind of like a career diagnosis. In fact, at the time in Indiana, there was someone working with the he had a title of career doctor, and that's what he attempted to do for people. It, we, that unknown could be so uncomfortable. And we're also, aren't we, just taught by our culture? You know, at, as young as I can remember, people would ask me, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I can remember as a kid feeling sort of less than or unprepared because I didn't know for sure. I didn't know what my options were. And so, and I felt like somehow I was unprepared for adulthood because I couldn't answer that question with confidence. And I thought I saw people around me going, I want to be a teacher. I want to be a nurse. I want to be a business person, whatever that meant. Well, but you wouldn't have been able to name it because online university wasn't even a thing. That's right. How now, cool is that? It's so cool. I mean, I am old enough that when I graduated from grad school, I was just learning about what web browsers were. And I couldn't imagine why we needed something like that. Right. And so, but flash forward, you know, to like 15 years later, and I was in a leadership role at an online university. Don't limit yourself to what you no, because first of all, you don't know all your current options. Second of all, you don't know what will unfold in the future. The world is changing so rapidly. So yeah, I had no idea where I would end up. What a great leadership lesson. Don't limit yourself because you have no idea what possibilities exist by following the work that you love, that's fulfilling, that's energizing, that's aligned with your strengths. You end up at a place where you're able to do even more than you could have imagined. You've got this really great story. <laughs> so, okay, so then going back to the launch of 
WGU Indiana, you said you didn't, you all framed that. You didn't know when you took the job that that's what you would be doing. But there's this great story you have when you were told to show up to the launch and find the CFO. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So all of the folks who'd been hired, there were, I think, around 20 of us who'd been hired at the time. They said, show up on this day. We're going to have this event. And and then the person who had offered me the, the job, that alternative new job, he said, listen, we still need to kind of, if you're interested, let's screen you for it. For this launch event, you know, a lot of our leadership team will be there. I want you to find... Dave Grow, the chief financial officer, uh, find him at that event and just tell him that you're interested in the role and he'll he'll interview you on the spot. <laughs> so I was like, okay, put up my best suit and just show up. And so I did and I found Dave and after the event and we found out about WGU Indiana and I met the chancellor who I didn't know was going to exist. <laughs> I said, hey, Dave, I'm Allison Bell and Chris told me to find you and talk to you about this general manager of operations role. And he was like, great let's go step into this conference room. So we go into this empty conference room that <laughs> hadn't been designed yet or anything. And, and he asked me maybe five questions. We weren't in there for a half hour. And, you know, I thought it went well, but I had no idea. By the end of the day, I had a phone call from Chris, the person who offered me the job. And he said, yep, Dave said you'd be great. So let's do this. So I said, yes. So anyone looking for a lot of structure probably would not have fared well in that environment. It's not a fit for everybody, no, but it worked for me. It worked for you. Okay, so you said yes. And so then what? You got to work. Tell us about that. And all of those folks that had showed up for the launch showed up for our, we were doing in-office training. And at the time we had a model of training in an office setting for a, a certain frame of time. At the time it was three months. And it was my job to support those new mentors. They were mostly mentors, some enrollment counselors who were in their in-office training. And I was like the liaison with the leadership and the training team that were mostly based out of Salt Lake City and Phoenix. So we were out there, even the chancellor for WGU Indiana, Allison Barber at the time, she was brand new. She was just learning as quickly as we were. And she wasn't even on board full-time yet. So it was me. I was the person who everybody was looking to for answers to questions. And I was just as new as they were. And my position didn't even have a job description. They at least had that. So that first day, it's funny, I was just talking with another um, colleague of mine who's been here just as long. He and I started on the same day together, and he's here working for WGU. And he was telling a story of that first day. He said we were all sitting in this empty conference room together, kind of looking at each other. And, <laughs> and he said that at one point I had to leave the room, and I came back in, and I said, does anyone know how to put a coffee machine together? <laughs> <laughs> We really, we, we really were figuring it all out on our own. Coffee machines and all. That's right. <laughs> we were just figuring it out. And it's funny to, to hear other folks' reflections on that same, that sort of same feeling of like, what are we doing? But, you know, one of the things that I learned and what became my theme for that is people would ask me questions that inevitably I didn't know the answers to. But what I found is that that was, that was okay and that it, I didn't need to act like I knew answers to things that I didn't know because that didn't serve anybody. Um, and so what I would say to them is, hey, you know what, let's find that out together. And so we would get curious together and it became everybody's mantra. We all started saying that, let's, let's learn it together, let's find it out together. And it created a collaborative, fun, energetic, very startup feeling environment that I'd say, even though we're 
a huge organization today compared to that, that feeling of like, let's make something out of this. Let's get curious and use what we learned to make this great. That feeling is still with us. Oh, I got chills when you said that. Let's learn it together. Well, doesn't that take the pressure off of everyone too, to have to have it figured out? Absolutely. It's a, it is a philosophy that from there, there forward, I've used it in other, other roles that I've had subsequently. I use it with my kids. You know, it, it frees you up from feeling like you're, none of us have all the answers. And when you act like you have answers that you don't have, for one thing, you give misinformation. <laughs> and for another, you close yourself off to learning. It, it's just, it's an open stance too. So it feels so much better. It really does. Well, and I love how you talked about the impact that it had on the team. It sounds like it really brought everyone together. You described it as collaborative and fun. I imagine there was a lot of cohesion because you are figuring it out as you go as a group, as a team. Yes, it did. It felt like, I, I, I don't know, maybe it's similar to going through like a, a club initiation together or something like that. Well, so as you advance now several years, I suspect that it established the culture that exists today. Yes, it did. It established the culture that exists today. It established my own leadership style. Well, I think it's that being curious, you know, it's that not seeing myself as the person who's supposed to have the answers, but the person who can guide the questioning, guide the exploration, guide the experimentation, support it. Sometimes the answers didn't even exist in the organization because we were doing something new. So sometimes we made it up, but because I was willing to ask the question and not try and decide, I didn't limit the direction to what I could think of. And so we made up new things because, you know, maybe one of my colleagues who started at the same time as me had a better solution than what existed at WGU or what I could think of. So it's expansive. Um, and I, I feel like while I still have so much development and so much learning to do on my own. I feel like it's made me a better leader. It's made you a better leader. Well, and it, I, it, no doubt it builds trust. I mean, there's integrity in that too, because who's going to have all the answers? Right. What do you do in those situations where you are in a position where people are looking to you for answers? Well, sometimes it depends on the, it depends on the situation and the types of answers. You know, sometimes as a leader, you do, you do have to just be the one who answers. And so it's important to recognize that when that's important, when that's what the team needs. They need someone who just says, this is the way it's going to be. But when I'm at my best, when I'm at my best, I give myself time. I give myself time to reflect, to think. And I also, when it's appropriate, ask the question back. So, so often people just need to be invited to share their ideas. So a lot of times if someone poses a question or proposes an issue or a problem to solve, that's time for us to open it up for a conversation as a group. Or if it's in a one-on-one -on -one situation, well, what, do you, what is it you think we should do? So that's, I mean, I'd say that's maybe my most common go-to where it's obviously like, this is something that I need to be the one who just decides what's going to happen here. So that's, that's really good. So getting clear on the questioner and what he or she is really asking for is what I hear in that. Because I can think of a lot of times when something's challenging me and I'll go to someone and ask a question and they start like giving me the answer or solving it or, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I really just wanted to talk this out. I didn't really want to hear your advice. Yes. 
But then other times when I do. So I really like that is checking in and just asking people, you know, how can I help? Like, what are you really looking for in this situation? Absolutely. Well, you know, when we when we started the conversation several weeks ago and I asked you, you know, tell me about a pivotal moment in your career, you know, these the transitions immediately came to mind for you. And and one of the things that you said, which is where we started with, I didn't plan it out this way, but it's all unfolded perfectly. That very much goes, that's very much aligned with this philosophy of learning together. It, there's also, there's such a trust in life that I hear in that. It is a trust in life. And my personal belief system is that, you know, I'm definitely not the one in charge of it all, right? And um, that I do, I do have a trust in a higher power. But, but beyond that, it is a trust in, in knowing myself. And as we've been talking about this and we were back when we were talking about you don't don't limit yourself to the options that you know exist or what might come along in the future all of that is truly unknowable but what you can know is yourself and the most valuable work i've done is work on knowing and understanding who i am what are my core values what's my true north you know, so what guides me, what fills me up, what am I good at, but also what is it that I'm good at that where I can get, where I can hum, you know, I get, you get to work and then you lose all sense of time and everything. So it's not something that, you know, some people I think discover those things more easily than others. And, and so it can be, it is work, it is work and it takes intention and time to gain that understanding. And it truly is a, you know, a lifelong process, you know, you're forever learning and unfolding and developing. But if you've taken the time to know what you're good at, what makes you hum, what fills you up, what matters to you, then when those opportunities come along, like this crazy WGU experiment came along for me, you can have confidence that this is right for me right now. And if this is right for me for six months and then something else is more right, I'll be able to move to that. Or if this is right for me for until I retire, I'll know it because I know me. That's so good, Allison. Oh my gosh. I'm like goosebumps, teary-eyed, all of it, all of it. So it's the serendipity, isn't it? So it's the like knowing your strengths, knowing what lights you up, all of those, and then taking the opportunities that pop up. And that's where the trust in life comes in. Okay, because if I'm focusing on how I can add value, how I can be my best, aren't those opportunities naturally going to show up? They have for me and they have people that I've supported and worked with in their career development along the way. So it's do your work and trust. Trust life to do its part. That's right. And then pay some attention, you know, and good old fashioned networking can't hurt. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, isn't that part of it, right? The people that you're meeting along the way, your friend reaching out, I mean, serendipity, your friend reaching out saying, hey, will you be a reference? And you're like, I kind of want to apply for this job. That's right. I love, I love that. I'm going to be your competition, you said. Let's do this together. Chris. <laughs> That's so great. So I want to talk about what has worked for you. So lifelong process, you've got to do the work. Throughout your career, you're always peeling back the layers, right? You're always learning more and more about yourself. Are there specific things that you've done in your career or that you've encouraged others to do that were really transformational in teaching you about yourself? 
where I've learned the most about myself is when I've been willing to take a risk. Leaping into something you've never done before is when you learn what you're good at and what you're not good at and what you need help with. Um, so those have been, and and so we've talked a lot about my transition to WGU, but really every new job I've taken, and I'm, I'm not alone in this, but every new job is a, and every move to a different city is a risk. And so whenever you move yourself out of your comfort zone, that's when you start to really understand who you are. So that's, and I think that's not just true for me. That's true for the people that I've helped along the way and my colleagues. It's really like, and this is related, but it's really like a willingness to make mistakes and not feel like mistakes are the end of something, but the beginning of something. Yes. Don't fall on your sword. That's I say that so much to emerging leaders. Like it's all right. A lot of times it's, it's the response to our mistakes. I mean, that's the key, right? That's what defines you. Oh, I had that conversation with my teenage daughter not too long ago. It is you will every single one of us make mistakes, but our mistakes don't define us. It is how we respond to them. Yeah, stop falling on your sword. It's okay. Every, grace, grace is a real thing. Give it to yourself and others as well. Allison, you you are such a dynamo. I just I so appreciate you. I'm so inspired and empowered by your message today. I'm walking away just feeling renewed in my belief in life and serendipity, all the serendipity involved. You know, I've been reminded to like just check in with who I am, my strengths, what lights me up. That's a lifelong process. And then taking the opportunities that pop up and following them because we can have confidence in that if we're doing the work. That's right. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so fun to talk to you. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, this is great. If our listeners want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm in there. Allison Barber Bell is my name on LinkedIn. And, you know, you can find information about me on our, our website. It's indiana.wgu.edu. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a being at work story.